Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. The podcast helps you stay inside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Here today to recap the Chicago Red Stars victory. Nothing feels better than when you beat the North Carolina Courage, and the Red Stars did just that. One to zero at home. A lot of great stuff to talk through here. Phenomenal performance from Chicago's midfield. We're going to get into it. A lot to get into. Can't do it alone. No one can ever do anything alone. I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. How you doing today, Claire? I'm good. I've been on, this is day three of the Kaya McCullough Encouraged Just Water Week. So I'm feeling good, actually. I have some coffee, too, but I'm staying hydrated out there. You know, I'm feeling good. Feeling got a little pep in my step. It is, uh, it is hot. We were speaking a little bit about that <laughs> off mic. It is, it's definitely, it's June, man. It's June. It is officially like the humidity is just yeah. out here. It's full on, uh, it's full on summertime shy. So I hope everyone is, uh, you know, well, at least we're not being like assaulted by swarms of giant bugs. That's like the one little count your blessings, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's also that that goes hand in hand with all this. Speaking of heat. <laughs> The rest of us uh, had to play in some. A little bit of a hot day. Uh, it's just to set the scene up for, for this particular match that we're going to go ahead and recap. Warm day at Bridgeview. I think we got there a little bit earlier to just sort of take in some of the pregame scenes as we typically do. And then we realized that at 1 p.m., like when the game was actually going to kick off, it was going to be like two degrees warmer. Like so it was actually like rising temperatures. Um, so rough, rough, rough stuff. And uh Wondered a little bit if like that was how big of an impact that was going to have. Um, I'll, I'll put myself on blast. There's something about game day, like when you actually roll up to to the stadium and your and your brain starts racing. And mine did. Like my brain did start racing. I was like, oh man, like is I was like, is Chicago going to get like wrecked today? Like I had a feeling about it. I had a real real feeling about it. But then we we uh, we got to see those starting elevens. We got to see those starting elevens. And maybe that puts some things into perspective a little bit. So let's just get our reactions on those. Let's start to let's start with the guests. North Carolina Curves lined up as followed. They had uh, Casey Murphy and Nett, Carson Pickett, uh, Abby Ersig, Diane Caldwell, Mary Mathias to round out the back line. They had Dabinia, uh, Denise O'Sullivan, Savannah Salon, um, Sam, Sam Mewis, and Lynn Williams and Jessica McDonald to start out their starting 11. Uh, good team. <laughs> Good team. Great lineup. Yeah. You know, I think, right. I mean, no surprises in the formation, right? That four, two, 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 that fucking sword formation. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, it's the, basically the same team that had just beat Louisville five to nothing. One thing that we did talk about when we were chatting with people before the game is like, you know, you don't know if North Carolina comes in with a little bit of a five Oh hangover. It does happen to you when you have kind of a game that goes that well, you don't necessarily, it's hard to kind of maintain that. Um, we saw that with Portland actually, after they did it to Chicago, they struggled a little bit. So um, yeah, good team. I think the, the issues with North Carolina are not new, right? You know, Caldwell Ursig isn't quite that doll Kemper Ursig duo though. Ursig had a very good game. Um, you look at the midfield, you know, Havana salon is a very capable player, but she's not crystal done. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, good team. I, I had similar thoughts to Sandra where, the the Houston game was so promising, but I think we still were all do have these questions of like, so who, who do they beat? You know, because you're just kind of, it just depends on what other team shows up as well. And so 
I was encouraged by that Houston performance, but you don't know if on that day in that weather against that team, it's going to all come together. So um, yeah, good team. Yeah, for sure. Let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about the home side. Red Stars, they lined up as follows. <laughs> they had Alyssa Nair and Net. They had Casey Kruger, Sarah Gordon, Tierna Davidson, and Aaron Wright to run out the back line. They had Morgan Gutra, Sarah Waldmo, Rachel Hill, Vanessa DiBernardo, Mal Pugh, and Khalil Watt to round out their starting eleven. Should we just start talking about it now, Claire? Let's. I mean, yeah, let's Sarah get into Wilmore. it. So Sarah Waldmo getting that start—that's something yeah. we noticed right away. Right. Sarah Wilmo getting the start. She's been rotating with Danny Colaprico. So Sarah Wilmo played the Kansas City game. Colaprico played the Houston game. Now we have Sarah Wilmo back. That is a role that and the way that we know that Rory James subs is if you get a start in that role, you're playing probably the whole game um, or you're coming out in like the 85th minute or something if you need to push for a result. Um, yeah, Sarah Wilmo getting the start. And then I think the the main thing, though, as well is. Aaron Wright back in the back line, which we'd seen her up top a little bit more um, question of like, okay, so how's that going to go kind of not messing with, but sort of shaking up a little bit that back line that had been starting the last three games. And then you think, okay, so like formationally, how does this work? Is this just going to be a straight up four, three, three, they're going to try to possess in the midfield and possess out of the box. What's going on. And, you know, Chicago doesn't line up in a formation. They line up in a line. Um, so we had to kind of guess and jumping right into it. I mean, I'll be honest. I'll say, you know, you look at that and you think maybe Aaron Wright has a lot of work ahead of her in that kind of a game. Um, you think maybe that Rachel Hill, Casey Kruger side has a lot of work ahead of them. And what we saw, and we'll get into the first half is that Chicago knew that and set them up in ways to succeed, knowing that those were going to be areas of the field that were going to need a lot of activity. So, um, not a four, three, three, right, Sandra, <laughs> not a four, three, three, you know, I know we like to, there's always things that happen before kickoff, right? So we're paying attention to what's happening during the anthems and out of respect to um, players who are continuing their protests. We, we pay attention to, to the lineup, like how the warmups are, are looking, who's participating, who's active, who's, who's really not. And um, that includes like when they're lining up on that ball, like right at the whistle. So like, even when you're looking at that, we're like, nah, 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 not, not really. <laughs> not really a four through three there. And at times really once they, once they kicked off and just really started to take it to North Carolina, we, we saw a shift in the team pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, maybe part of putting Aaron right back on that back line was the fact that she's, she's able to, to get up and down that flank. And we saw her sort of shift up. She spent a lot of time higher on the pitch versus kind of staying low and on that back line. And that started to look a bit like a faux three back, uh, you know, for the team throughout the duration of this match, while we were taking note of Sarah Waldmo, Morgan Gatra, just sort of being relentless in this sort of counter press within right. the midfield, just really disrupting some things for North Carolina. And that that box midfield just couldn't really kind of figure it out. They struggled to try to to pick out some lanes and try to be those sort of connectors. Right. And disruptors of their own. Like you can't really disrupt Chicago if they're not really asking for the ball too much. Cause North Carolina kind of, they kind of were like taking the ball and trying to figure out what to do with it, but they just couldn't because, because of all of that great stuff. And right. um, 
Claire, you noticed that right away. I mean, some of the some of the like like zonal presses that they were like putting in immediately stood out to us. I mean, but we we go here. We take yeah, we pay attention I, to this kind of stuff. Absolutely. So yeah. I mean, clearly, I think the great thing about this was you were watching this and you're like, oh, they have a plan. And like no disrespect to some yep. of the performances this year, but yep. not, this was a little bit more clarity. And yeah, it's kind of funny because this is the kind of game that stats don't actually do a lot to help with because stats uh, are meant to indicate things that happen on the ball. And so much of what Chicago was doing was off of the ball. Um, we've said in the past, this is not a, you know, a try. It's not uh, a guarantee. But one of the very significant, one of the very effective ways, it's all relative, but an effective way to play North Carolina is to give them the ball and not letting them push you in transition. I mean, Danny Colaprico said this before the match started. She said this in pregame on the pregame press conference that if you get into a transition match with them, you're in, you're in trouble. If you get into a, a foot race with them, you're going to lose. And so Chicago, basically they said, we're fine without the ball. Um, and yeah, I, I want to shout out even just Vanessa DiBernardo as well. Um, she, uh, what we saw a lot was a very controlled uh, zonal sort of not only putting out passing lanes, but a bit of a double pressure on who had the ball. So say, for example, Carson Pickett gets the ball. You have one person who's dedicated to getting in front of her on the flank. That was usually Rachel Hill. And then you had Vanessa DiBernardo or Morgan Gatra coming in to cut off passing lanes in the center. And then as they moved, as someone like Carson Pickett would advance the ball, they would get closer to her. And so then they would run in on what she was doing and either try to first force a turnover or a bad pass. And it worked really well. Um, and, and so I think that, yeah, you just have to look at the defensive schemes basically and what they ended up doing and, all kudos to all kudos to the midfield and the and the effort because it was very calm but also very energetic. Um, we'll talk about this. There were some players that worked their butts off in this game, um, but the ultimate formation, right, was um, it reminded me act actually of some of the formations that the U.S. played in in like early 2019, where they would have one one outside back pushing forward for the U.S. Yeah. A lot of times that was Crystal Dunn for yeah. Chicago that was Aaron Wright. And then they'd have one kind of staying home, which is very, it's not really a three back. It's more of like a swing pivot yep. sort of a formation. And then Chicago filled the space with the person who was staying home. Um, and that would, who was Casey Kruger and moved Rachel Hill back into the midfield a lot of times. So basically they clogged the midfield with five people with Aaron, Wright, Morgan, Gatra, Sarah, Woldmo, Vanessa DiBernardo and yep. Rachel Hill which required Aaron Wright to get back a lot and it required Rachel Hill to get forward a lot. And so those two definitely put a lot of miles in um, and they frustrated North Carolina almost, almost completely. And also just looking at the first half, they were on the front foot. It wasn't just that they, we saw a lot of defending in the second half, but in the first half they were pushing, they were trying to get Mallory Pugh in behind. They were trying to get Kaylee Watt in behind. I have in my notes here, Watt offside three offside. times, good sign. <laughs> You know, like I was like, good. Know, if, we're getting, if we're getting these offside calls, that means that they're they're getting something. They're getting something going. Yeah, they're sneaky, playing sneaky sneaks. Yeah, right. they were. It was. You know what was so impressive for me was that we know that Chicago can be a very organized team. 
they're, they're historically very, very organized. And that's part of what has made them so frustrating of a team for, for the other opposition to, to play against. And to sort of have kind of this traditional slow start to the regular season that we're used to seeing them have while still trying to figure out and iron out some things and put together a sort of game plan. Like you said, Oh, they have a plan. And we were just like watching it unfold. It was so impressive to watch it happen for like 30 minutes. You know, it's almost like, I think there were maybe casual viewers of this match who were looking at this and just sort of maybe thinking, okay, so any, any minute now, like, like any minute, like the courage are going to do what they do. And it was so great personally watching because it just never happened at all, um, especially during this first first half. And it, it it ended up benefiting the Red Stars. It worked out in their favor because they end up breaking through on goal first. And it yeah. it happens in the most, I think we can both agree, like unusual kind of way. It comes off of a set piece corner opportunity in the match. And so Tierney Davidson heads over to the corner flag, sends in some great service. Morgan Gatra immediately hustles to this ball to get on it. And Casey Murphy gets down low because that's what you need to do against Casey Murphy. You got to shoot low against Casey Murphy. So she gets down very tall, very tall. Casey Murphy is able to get down and get a bit of a stop on this ball, but it's not enough. And, and Rachel Hill is in the exact right place right time right frame of mind to just toe poke it she does the exact right she doesn't try to overshoot it or anything like that she's like i just gotta get this across this line she just kind of like ran her body into the ball she was like i'm going with it you know yep i just gotta get a body part on it and it just gets across that line so shout out to rachel for uh getting that opening goal uh congrats to her on getting her her first goal is uh in, in the regular season as a Chicago Red Star. And uh, all of a sudden the Red Stars were up one, one zero against North Carolina courage in the 29th, 30th minute. And all the while the courage have yet to record not a cross and not a shot on target. Well, I want to, yeah, I want to, the, the, the set piece that gets the goal, you know, it was good. Actually it was, it was a very strong ball from Tina Davidson kind of across the box Morgan Gatra gets a really good head on it, which forces Casey Murphy into a spill. And then Rachel Hill is there for cleanup. Um, a couple of things there though. I want to go back to what got the corner kick yes. because that was all Aaron Wright and Kaylee Watt actually. So Aaron Wright, this is a good example of how that Chicago system worked really well, because I want to be clear, Chicago did not possess out of North Carolina's press at all. There was no possessing going on. Um, but Aaron Wright forces a turnover clamping down in the midfield. This is not as a defender. She does this in the midfield. She sends a ball up to Kaylee Watt, who is able to turn her defender and get a very good shot off, which Casey Murphy has to parry out to outside to get to, to give Chicago the corner kick. And so that was the system like working completely. And then the fact that Chicago was able to capitalize on the set piece, um, is really great. However, and this will be a theme as I think we go on because we're talking about all the things that Chicago did really well. Um, but Rachel Hill making that following run is actually a little bit of an exception <laughs> to what Chicago was doing offensively in the first half. I have written here like Chicago. I actually, this may be a good place to put it. Chicago won this game 
while still having a lot of things that they could do a lot better. And I'm, I think that's exciting. I think that's great. I don't actually want to overstate this performance because I think it's disrespectful to the team that they were able to contain the courage while also probably playing at about 80% of their potential. One of those things is that multiple times, whether it was Mallory Pugh or Rachel Hill, there were not people making far post runs. So you had a couple of crosses and the crosses themselves, it made the person who did the cross look kind of dumb because it looked like they were sending a ball to nobody, but it's not unreasonable for them to think that a person would be making a far post run when they had the ball on the other side of the field. And so that kind of follow-up awareness and, and follow-up run by another player is something that Chicago still definitely needs to work on because there were moments in this game where you had one good idea, but not two. And so the goal itself being a second effort and someone making that, that run to clean up, you would think, Oh, that's obvious that a player would do that. But for Chicago, we're not quite seeing that yet. So um, yeah, it was a good goal. Yeah. I mean, they, (laughs) it, it, it feels a certain kind of way. I think when you go up against, North Carolina courage, you may be almost sort of, as well as you're playing, right. Regardless, against a team like that. You maybe still sort of feel like, is it going to be enough? Is it not enough? You know, there's still an entire second half that's going to happen, but I mean, they, they closed out. North Stars closed out this first half completely like uh, stifling that box midfield, leaving that courage side and, and their head coach having to, try to make adjustments, right? Uh, going into the second half as they were down a goal. And we didn't see a lot of um, like changes to either lineup to to start that second half. Both of the 11s came on out to try to get things rolling again. And, um, and they did, you know, all of a sudden North Carolina just came out and sort of did what they did. And it was, it's a, it's a good point that you made about Mal Pugh. And, and her runs because she's a player who like didn't get on the scoreboard in this game. And I think that's what we're going to be doing and talking a lot about this game is talking a lot about like individual performances and sort of their, their work ethic on and off the ball during this match. And like, we're, we're looking at somebody like Rachel Hill and we're looking at somebody like Mel Pugh. Um, one of these players got on the scoreboard and even though one of them didn't, just like watching what she does on the pitch you just are like, man, like Mal Pugh is it. Like it's coming. Like she's like stringing together these performances. And we saw like a little, a little moment there, Claire. I think when we saw Mal Pugh just make one of these runs, like that she had been making all game. And we got a little nervous. We got a little nervous because we thought maybe she had felt like she tweaked something. Um, and she felt it too. The body language was kind of, uh, showing us that, um, but this is a player that has a, you know, a history of, of some, some lingering, uh, issues that have kind of haunted her a little bit. So it's, I think it's natural to maybe sort of, if you feel something, your instinct is to stop. Right. But we saw her continue and play and carry out through this match and sort of play very, very, very well. Um, my hope is that like a game like this maybe might not be so much like a blueprint for the red stars, but just can sort of be when it comes to the attack, when it comes to the offense to sort of maybe look at that and circle that and sort of see, because we're talking about like people not being able to make those, 
those post runs and and somebody like Mel Pugh doing the work that she's doing and then looking around and like making an attempt and then not having someone else there making a follow-up run. So I'm hoping those things can, some things like that can maybe come out of a performance like this. Right. I think, right. I think like you, like you were saying, it's, it's, it's a more organized version maybe of what we saw against Gotham, which is like, you know, we were saying against Gotham, they were really good on the ball, but the connectivity was not there. And so it's like, now you can, it's getting clearer and clearer what players tendencies are on the ball and just whether they are, are not finding each other. So like Rachel Hill, when she gets the ball, it's almost, you know, 80% of the time she's sending a ball in far post. So make that far post run, you know? Um, and, and that's the thing where I think a lot of times they're running towards like the penalty spot. I think if they move a little bit further away from it, they might get a little bit more space. Um, Mallory Pugh is an amazing dribbler and you got to keep up with her. She's not going to stop and turn around and pass it back to you. She's going to go. So you got to go with her. Um, you, I just think that those kinds of things, right? Like there was that one moment where Pew had the ball in the uh, left wing and she was dribbling and dribbling and dribbling. And she ends up dribbling all the way over <laughs> to the right side of the field because she couldn't find anybody. And so yeah, nobody was there. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, credit to the North Carolina defense, but um, yeah, so that's what I was saying. It's like, I think that you're in terms of a blueprint, it's like this, but better, right? It's like yeah. this, but elevated. And we are seeing that I can say, and this is why it's nice to see things in person from the Gotham game to this one. You're like, this is getting clearer and clearer. We, but it needs to become clearer more to everybody all the time. Um, And then, yeah, to your, also to your point about um, effort and just like fitness and stuff like that. Uh, Right. Mallory Pugh, I I was rewatching this game last night and I was just struck by, um, the effort that Chicago put in. So the effort that you saw from Mallory Pugh that whole time she was coming back, you know, she has that impulse. We saw it against Portland that impulse to like run back and defend, um, which is great. That's a red star. Uh, There's a moment in the second half. No, late in the first half where Sam Mewis, who is trying to do it herself, she takes the ball to the left side of the field and is running down the flank herself. Cause she's like, this isn't working for anybody else. So I'm going to do it. And Morgan Gatra sticks with her pace for pace and successfully smothers and kicks that one out for a throw in and just like lays out for it. And I'm just like, when have we ever seen Morgan Gatra do something like that? She is looking so good. And I'll just say it right now, no disrespect to Andy Sullivan. I don't understand why Morgan Gatra is not in this U S camp. If it's a contractual thing, maybe the U S should look at their contract system because that is someone who is playing about as best as she did when she was anchoring that team in 2015. Um, so all of those things. Oh, but, oh yes, I have one other thought (laughs) and this goes into more of the second half, which is that Chicago was not possessing as we said. And in the second half, the turnovers were more of a problem. So we saw how, as they got a little bit more tired, as they were still just trying to maneuver through, it was not a high possession game for them. And it turned into a little bit more of that turn the ball over recycle play. North Carolina's coming back the other direction, deal with it. And so from maybe like the 55th minute to when North Carolina and Chicago started making more subs. Yeah. yeah. We saw they had to deal sure. with the defensive end of that a lot. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you're looking at like just for North Carolina on like the bench, like, they ended up using 
Palmer ended up using every single one of his available substitutions. So there's five, right? That teams are allotted to make uh, with an additional if there's a head injury for concussion protocol. And things weren't working. And he recognized that right away. And then you go to your bench and you're bringing in Haley Mace and Kristen Hamilton, right? For for Denise O'Sullivan or Jessica McDonald. O'Sullivan just- had a weirdly bad game too. And so I don't know exactly what was going on there, but that was a subplot on their end. It was Sarah Waldmo. Yeah, right. True, 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 true. <laughs> it was Sarah Waldmo. That's what was going on there. No, it's uh, but I, that they started making their subs like just past the hour mark, you know. And um, you know, since we're talking about subs, I I, I want to take a moment to to recognize uh, this moment because we have to shout out to yeah. Red Stars legend Alyssa Motts. Uh, she made her return to the pitch. In the 71st minute in this match, she came on as a substitution for Rachel Hill, um, who had also put in a very, very solid shift. Uh, Rewatching that match, we saw Hill putting in a lot of work, covering a lot of ground and a lot of space, um, especially when the Red Stars were really kind of putting in, kind of like we said, that sort of faux-like backline shift. Someone else had to come in and and help cover in that mid, and and Rachel Hill was doing a lot of that. So um, shout out to her. And a great ovation from the crowd um, for Mots, and rightfully so, because this was this was her first appearance back in in two years. It was a funny moment in the press box because Sandra and I are seeing a sub get warmed up, and we were like, "Well, yeah." Wait, we were like, "Okay, so we were like, because we're across the field from the bench, we're like looking, we're like, okay, okay, she's blonde." Uh, and we're like listing off blondes. We're like Doniac, Stanton, yep. Uber. Oh, yeah. What's Katie Johnson's hair looking like these days? Yeah. It's summer. Is she blonder? Is she like- blonde now? And, <laughs> and then the number went up and we were like, Ma. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, it was it was a great, a great feeling all around. I think it, even for casuals have been viewing the league for as long as they've been watching the league. Um, it's a it's a great story. I mean She's a player who went out during um, during the initial like World Cup window in, in 2019 with an ACL. And it was a huge concern for, you know, for even us, like when we were covering it at the time as media and we were like, that that's not good for like the two window, like the window of the World Cup to lose a player like that. And that she put in a lot of work to, to make her way back. And even though Challenge Cup was just going to be a limited window of games, she was out for the Challenge Cup as well and she was right on the brink uh she was going to be playing minutes she was going to be involved in starting 11s during that 2020 challenge cup run but she ended up uh tearing uh, another acl so she had to continue another very very long rehab so it was uh really great to to see her be able to make her 2021 debut and really great to see her getting in against a team like uh, north carolina because Alyssa Mott's um, has been part of a lot of historical games against against those Paul Raleigh uh, sides. So it was great to see her kind of come in and sort of help really kind of run down this team, um, even as the Kurds continue to make make their subs. You know, uh, Mayor Mathias coming off for, for Ryan Williams, uh, you know, Brittany Ratcliffe coming off, you know, Katie Johnson coming in for Khalil Watt to, to, to put in the shift to help continue to run down North Carolina courage and Katie Johnson. We're, we're seeing her development now in the more defensive sense of a, of a forward to, to She's really a great come in player and to bring to in that. to kill a game. She's like a great player for that. Yeah. Yeah. In we saw her getting just on, being able to hold onto the ball and yeah, we saw her getting on the end of the ball and just taking it and kicking it in line. Just be like, go, she was telling the courage to go fetch it. And yep. we were, and, um, Nikki Stanton even got got in a little bit on this game. Came in for stoppage time for 
for Vanessa DiBernardo. Uh, but, you know, even with, with the current sort of making their adjustments and, and, and trying to make things happen, it just it just did not happen. They absolutely could not figure out a way to get into their game against this Chicago Red Sox game plan. Yes. I mean, this is a game where you could say nice things probably about everybody on the field for the Red Stars, but I feel like we're neglecting Sarah Gordon and Tierna Davidson, and I don't want to. Let's um, not do that. Yeah, because we we hyped up what Waldmo and Gatra were doing. We hyped up the, the defense in the midfield, but because it's the courage, you're going to have moments where you need your center backs to do one-on-one or last ditch, or you just hold it down. And Every single member of the Chicago back line, whether it was Casey Kruger or Tierna Davison or Sarah Gordon or Aaron Wright, had a moment or five in this game where there was a pass made to try to get Lynn Williams or Kristen Hamilton or Jess McDonald in behind, and they were there. Or they got isolated uh, 1v1 against one of those players, against Dabinia of all people, and they were able to shut it down. And so... Um, you saw not only the system work, but you also saw the individual excellence of, of that back line. And when they're able to do that, and we've talked about this, right, about what a listener, what environment a listener really thrives in in a game. And it's this. It's where the defense is organized. And so you're forcing the other team into more predictable shots that she'll read any day. And so I think that I wanted, I wanted to shout that out, too, because I think that Specifically, when you look at the leadership roles in the back line, um, whether it's Tierna Davidson as a U.S. player um, who has a very long career ahead of her or Sarah Gordon, who has been with this team for a long time, or Casey Kruger, who has been with this team for a long time, or Aaron Wright, who has been with the team for a long time. Um, any of the fears that that would be something that could be used against them, I think we're actually seeing like it's a reset a little bit on commitment and, and, and individual excellence. And I think that I wanted to just mention that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have to. And I think we also have to acknowledge the fact that, um, you know, the Chicago Red Stars did what they did against a full strength North Carolina side. Hands down. Right. Sam Lewis was, 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 is back. She is back, full on back for North Carolina Courage and will and sign a new contract, you know, in, 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 for the future and will remain with them. It's a staple of that team. Uh, Davinia got this start. You know, Jess McDonald, Lynn Williams got that start. Abby Williams holding things down, or excuse me, Abby, Abby Irsay holding things down in the back line for them. This is a full strength yeah. North Carolina courage side. When you're looking at their roster, these are the players that you're looking for to, to make the starts yeah. in these starting 11s. And then you're looking at Chicago Red Stars, and you cannot, you absolutely cannot take a look at this performance and see what they did. And we would be irresponsible of us to point out the fact that they did it without Julie Ertz. Right. Yeah. I was, this was, I complained about this to Sandra before we started and I said, I'll say it on the podcast. Um, Speak on it. Not enough has been talked about the fact that Chicago is rebounding without Julie Ertz. I think that you, I don't know, you know, we, we joke a little bit about Rory Dame sometimes talking about the chip chip on his shoulder a little bit about the way the team's talked about. And I know it's not coming from us because we're doing our very best to, to be as fair as possible, but um, yeah, I just nationally, I, you just think you would think, right. If, if Christine Sinclair went down for Portland or if Dabinia went down for North Carolina or if, uh, you know, Alex Morgan went down for the Orlando pride. Are you, there's one in like every team and 
Chicago had that happen. They haven't, they got Julie Ertz for 60 minutes of this whole regular season so far. And they just beat the courage with everyone they had available to them without her. And it's honestly ridiculous to me that that's not being talked about more. And so I think that it's, it's, it's a little bit easy and a little bit lazy to be like, oh, well, you know, Chicago still don't know if they're the real deal. And obviously they have things that they have to work on, but I think that you should have to like put that at the end of every sentence. I don't know if Chicago is the real deal without Julie Ertz. I thought it was really impressive that the North, that they shut the courage down without Julie Ertz. I think that Chicago is a playoff contender without Julie Ertz. I think, you know, all of those things, you just have to put that in there and we're not seeing that a lot. And I think that just a huge kudos to the team for, you know, we talked about locker room stuff after the Portland game, they have clearly done the work to realign themselves with one another. And I'm really impressed by that. And just in terms of missing a player of that quality, um, yeah, it's, it's silly to me. It's silly to me that this isn't being talked about contextualized by that. We're doing it here right yeah, now. We're doing it here right now. The Red Stars did what they did against North Carolina courage. Uh, it wasn't a bad day at the office for the courage. They got exposed. That's what happened. Um, they got exposed. They got shut down. Uh, if you want to call it a bad day, then uh, you better call it a historically franchise record setting bad right. day where yeah. the courage ended with one shot on goal in this entire 90 minutes. Um, I think that's the first time that has ever happened for Paul Riley's uh, North Carolina courage side. So uh, shout out to the Red Stars for, for picking up this win, picking up uh, a big three points uh, yeah. against a big team uh, in the early phase, in the early quarter still of, um, of the season where, you know, uh, we have talked about and gone on record before where we're no, like no, no season is ever won, you know, in the, in the first quarter of, uh, of games that happen, but you definitely buy yourself some time in those later rounds. Um, so it's, it's good to see the Red Stars sort of hanging, hanging tough and hanging in that sort of top six now. Um, as they start to to look ahead to their their sixth match um, of the season, which is going to take a little while. So I guess this is the part of the episode where I tell you guys that there is no real preview that we're going to do here. We hope you enjoyed the recap. Um, the Red Stars have a little bit of a break. There is a international window taking place. Lots of fun international games. Uh, if you are looking to continue your support of the Chicago Red Stars on the national team level, you could do that. Uh, Listener and Tierna Davidson will be participating in the summer series with the U.S. women's national team. They're going to be facing off against uh, Portugal, Jamaica, and Nigeria. So a series of three games, um, sort of mimicking Olympic play uh, for for these players as yeah, they real rapid at, fire, right? Yeah, as they look yeah. ahead to, uh, I think it's only like two games of or two days of rest between the games, basically. Thursday, Sunday, and Tuesday, right? Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday. So they're doing this to sort of mimic that that type of play, uh, you know, ahead of the Tokyo Olympics. So uh, so we'll see. You know, head coach Flacco Andonovsky still has to make uh, decisions on the final roster. So, um, you know, maybe we'll see if somebody like uh, Tuna Davidson is getting some starts. Yeah, and, and one thing about that is uh, from a Red Stars perspective, things to watch, right, are – how much playing time we're probably going to focus in on Davidson. Cause we have to assume that Alyssa Nair is going to play a lot. And also that's fine. Cause she's a goalkeeper, but um, how much playing time Davidson gets, 
they're anticipating U.S. players back for two more games, um, which is great. Actually, I love that because that's means they're going to be there for pride. And I'm like, oh, I'm just glad that they're going to be. I like that. I don't even care. If, I don't care if they play, but I want it to be the full team for the pride game. I just think that that's nice. Um, and then they're heading off uh, like July 1st. The game after the 26th, I believe, is going to be their last game. Um, so that that game will be, I guess, the Olympic send off as well. And while nothing is confirmed I would anticipate that Alyssa Nair and Tierna Davidson will be on that roster. Um, I'll at least say that I would be shocked if, if that was not the case. So, yeah. Yeah. Even as the, uh, even as Julie Ertz is rehabbing from, from a sprain, um, an MCL sprain, uh, I gotta, I gotta feel like, well, yeah. I mean, if Julie Ertz doesn't make that roster, I don't know what happens next, but <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, I gotta feel like uh, yeah. they're, they're, they're working on things with her and, and she'll yeah. probably crack that that through as well so in, in the meantime um we'll just put a little placeholder here for everyone we just want to let you know that we will have some con- some additional content coming up for you guys where we are going to have another pod- uh, podcast episode for you guys uh, when it is closer to that game we will have a preview episode for you as well um the rest of us will be back at home on june 19th to host washington spirit and uh i'm gonna plug real quick that it's the juneteenth game so yeah. get connected with supporters group uh black fires they got some great stuff lined up there's going to be an awesome tailgate um can't wait to see what's going on the red stars have some good things um cooked up for that as well there's a very cool aspect to it where you can um provide a donation um to where the red stars will hook people up with a ticket and some other fun goodies i think it's like 35 bucks Mm -hmm. so awesome if you're able to to make a donation donation 35 dollars for that to happen for juneteenth please go ahead and check it out i believe that it's on their website at the moment so go ahead and hit up uh, chicagorestars.com for more info on the juneteenth game um but yeah as it gets closer we'll we'll have a preview um for you guys as well okay so so hang tight get locked into the patron um that's where we're going to be putting all the content first yeah get get locked into the patron because we have some other things that we're maybe we've got some things up our sleeves uh patreon style not only in exclusive content but maybe um some physical items that exist in the world uh to patreon uh patreon subscribers so yeah we're taking a look up to that we're taking a look at our, our tiers. We're taking a look at our uh, people who subscribe to certain tiers. And um, we, we want to add some more. We want to put some more stuff there for, for you guys. We got some stuff in the works. We're so we're so uh, grateful for everyone as always. Because everyone always asks, like, hey, we like uh, your content. What's the best way to support you? Well, I'm here to tell you the best way to do that is directly at uh, Southside Trap Patron. You can find all sorts of uh, uh, tiers and subscription that works for you. We've got one starting at $2 all the way to $25. Um, Find one, see which one you like. If not, we understand times are hard all over. Uh, so I just want to let you know that there's uh, plenty of other ways to continue your support of uh, of our work. And you can do that by following us on all social media channels like Twitter and Instagram at SaucerTrapPod with one letter P. You can find us on uh, streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. So go ahead and find us. Um, leave us a like. Please leave us a rating. We enjoy those. Leave us a review. We enjoy reading those. Uh, and, and that stuff helps us out so much uh, whenever we're continuing our work and creating Chicago Red Stars content for you all. So um, everybody enjoy the break. Uh, watch some some soccer if you can and uh, continue to make smart choices. Wash your hands, wash your face. Uh, you know, continue to wear your mask, especially if businesses are still asking that of you guys. We're Be opening polite. back up. Be polite. Adhere to those things. Get vaxxed when you get the opportunity to do that. And as always, uh, continue your support of uh, Black Players and Black Life. And we will be back with you soon with some more content.